Welcome to the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast, where you will learn how to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around and operate mobile home parks. And now, here is your host, the fifth largest mobile home park owner in the United States, Frank Rolfe. There's a long-standing tradition in most mobile home park deals, maybe it's just our deals, that something always pops up near the end. And you then have to figure out, can you go forward with the deal as originally priced? Or can you go forward at all in light of this new revelation? This is Frank Roth, the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast. We're going to be talking about last-minute problems and what to do when they occur. Every time we do a deal, it always seems as we approach the end, some new bit of data just pops up out of nowhere and makes us question from the beginning, does this deal still hold together? Now, these are the ways that we analyze these problems. And I'm hoping this will shed some light on maybe how to apply some science when these last minute issues should pop up. So the first thing you have to ask when it pops up, maybe it's a house you thought was occupied, turns out to be vacant, is, is this a structural change or is this a timing issue? Now, what do I mean by that? What's a structural change from a timing issue? That very example the mobile home that you thought was occupied, it's a park-owned home, and it turns out it's in fact vacant. The person ran off, and the seller always claims they just ran off, but you know they probably ran off three months ago, maybe longer. That would be more of a timing issue. If, however, you're looking at a park that's 40 lots and you, the new revelation is it's only got a permit for 35, now that's a structural change. You'll never get those five lots back. So you've got to reprice the whole deal accordingly because that's never going to happen. But when you have issues like a vacant home, that's really a timing problem, right? You'll get that home reoccupied, but it will cost you capital out of pocket to rehab it. And it will take some amount of time to get somebody in there so you won't have any payments for a while. So can you survive that? How much does that quantumly add up to? You have to look at them very, very differently. If on that 40 space deal, which only has 35 lots, those five lots those might be worth twenty or thirty thousand dollars. I'm gonna to have to renegotiate that deal down maybe a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to make me go forward with that deal. But that vacant park on home, well, that's something I might be able to get somebody in for four thousand dollars. It's a quantum different. So if it's a structural change. You got to jump on it immediately with gusto. The deal is basically going to now die unless you can make that last minute negotiating concession to get that solved. But on the timing issue, you might still go forward. Despite the fact it's not what you thought, but you might say, well, I can afford to handle that little extra bit of negativity for a few months. Another issue you got to think about immediately is, is it loan fraud? If you've gone out there and you've borrowed money to buy this mobile home park, is the revelation, the new change put you in the position that you've committed loan fraud? You told the bank it was 40 lots, but it's only 35. Do you need to tell the bank, uh-oh, uh, this deal turns out it's only 35? Well, the answer is probably you do. You got to look at what the issue is and see how that impacts the loan. Now, going back to the park on home example, well, you're probably not, the bank isn't even using the park on home as collateral. But at the same time, you might think, well, but it is, they thought it was occupied and it's not occupied. You never want to get in the position of committing loan fraud. Nothing's worth that. So if it's a big deal, if it's a big issue, certainly you'd have to tell the lender your account officer, whoever it is at the bank you're working with, of what's happened. If it's a smaller item, you may say, well, it's not really technically going to be a problem with the loan. 
But any issue that pops up, you've got to say, okay, is this putting me in a precarious position with my lender or is it not? Next is, is this going to derail me from being able to hit my goals? So what do I mean by that? Well, you know, I'm buying this park to make money. I don't know anyone who buys mobile home parks for any other reason. If they are, they, they shouldn't. Definitely, you should not be in the park business unless you're trying to build an income stream and trying to build the value of the property. Can I still hit those targets now in light of this change? Or can I not? And if the answer is, well, no, I can't, I got to renegotiate it. So if there's a big structural change that's going to hold me back from my destiny of where I thought I would be, I'm not going to do that to myself. Seller never disclosed it. I want the seller to go ahead and take the price adjustment. Why should I do it? They knew better from the onset. I didn't know what was going on. They probably knew that home was vacant. They knew those five lots didn't exist. Why am I the one who gets all the pain and suffering from that? So if I can't hit my goals, I'm going to go renegotiate it because gosh darn it, I want my goals. Next, can the deal support the extra weight of this problem? So some deals have a lot of fat in them. You anticipate raising the rents, cutting the cost, filling vacant lots. Some don't. If you're looking at a park that's fully stabilized, 99% occupied, rents at market, how are you going to carry that extra dead weight of this new revelation of that home being vacant, of missing that extra lot? How will that work? The answer normally is it won't. It's not going to work. So if you can't support the extra weight, you've got to put on the brakes and go back and renegotiate with your seller and say, look, this isn't fair to me. I've done all the numbers. I did everything I was supposed to do. I did it all in a very timely manner. I've met all my conditions of due diligence and financing. And now at this last moment, this has sprung upon me and this isn't fair because this deal isn't meaty enough. I'm going to have to get some form of concession to fix this. Maybe the form of concession is that the seller goes ahead and puts some money up in escrow. So if that home is vacant, you thought it was occupied, then it seems only appropriate he put up the money to rehab it and the number of months it will sit empty that you are going to lose and get that money to you because it's not fair to put you in that position. Finally, is there a quick offset? Is there something that can be done right now, here and now, very rapidly with the seller that they're amenable to, to fix whatever the unknown problem is? So if the unknown problem is, once again, you've got the vacant park on home, then will they go ahead and start making payments on it as though the tenant was still in it until you get somebody in the home? Can you come up with some creative solution that is once again fair to everybody? Because at the end of the day, on all of these things, it's all about win-win deal making. That means both buyer and seller must be happy. It's not fair for the seller to spring things on you at the very end of the movie that makes you unhappy. If there's going to be any unhappiness, it has to be equally shared by both parties. The bottom line is, every time you do a deal, you have to anticipate on the front that things are going to pop up. It's just the nature of bringing old assets back to life. There are always unknowns or knowns that seller didn't want to disclose to you. They're going to pop up. And that's why you've got to always put a little extra fluff in every deal to account for those kinds of a problem. I mean, we all know that you can certainly raise the rent an extra $5 beyond what you probably put in your budget. You thought you were going to do a $35 rent raise on day 90. Well, you can probably go to 35. You might even be able to go to 40. And a lot of times when we buy these things, we could literally pay a little more, right? It's not, we haven't maxed ourselves out on the final dollar. We're not, not, we're not wringing blood out of that final dollar to get the deal done. No, there's a little bit of fluff in there too. But always remember that when you're building these deals, you need to leave yourself room for error because invariably things always seem to pop up at the end. 
And as long as you put some fat in the deal, then you can account for those. You can move on. You can proceed. If you have everything down to the last penny, any little issue is going to derail the train. It's kind of like having shock absorbers on your car. You ever driven in a car that has no shock absorbers, maybe an old-timey car like a Model A Ford, Model T Ford? You hit the smallest bump in that thing, it almost breaks your spine. Modern cars can hit a much larger bump at a much higher rate of speed and you won't even hardly feel it. That's how you need to construct the, your deal because it always seems that there's something that was left out. Maybe not intentionally, but it always seems to fall out that way. But every time something does, no matter what it is, no matter what happens in the final days, maybe even the day before closing, you've got to apply science to the problem. Don't get all bent out of shape. Don't think, gosh darn it, I'm walking this deal. I can't deal with a seller who isn't honest to me completely. That's not smart. That's not good business. Instead, apply science to it. Decide whether it's a structural change or just a timing issue. Does this mean I have to notify my lender? Am I committing loan fraud or is it okay? Can I still hit my goals? Or are my goals now completely unattainable? Can the deal support the extra weight? Or can it not? Did I not put enough fat into the deal that I can't, I can't handle this new hiccup that's occurred? And is there a quick offset to fix it? Something the seller can do right now with his checkbook to make me go forward. Now, what's the worst thing we ever had happen at the very end of a deal? You know, we've had some times in the old days that at the very end, there'd be this revelation that there weren't anywhere near the paying customers that the person had said. But we've got around a lot of that by today having the contract require the seller to give us all those documents prior to the start of the diligence clock. Going back into the 1990s, where it was very common that the seller didn't give you the diligence items until sometimes the week before closing, all kinds of horrible revelations would pop up. But in the modern world, there's no reason for that. You need to get all the documents on the front end. Often those documents are what contain all of those time bombs. And if you only know what's really going on, how many units are occupied and who's paying and who's not paying, it's the very act of getting those at the end that often caused a lot of those derailments. Typically, if you get all the documents on the front end and you follow your due diligence guide to the letter, you're going to have no problem in sorting out all of these apparent conflicts early on so they don't fester and pop up at the end. But even then, sometimes they just do. When they do pop up, don't panic. Don't ditch the deal. Don't get all worked up emotionally. Simply calmly apply the science. Typically, you can solve it and still move forward. This is Frank Croft, the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast. Be sure to visit us at mhpmastery.com to subscribe to the show, read our show transcriptions, and access all of our great information on mobile home park investing.